Welcome to the Ross Nielsen Therapy Hour with your host, Ross Nielsen, broadcasting live from his mother's basement. Please welcome Ross Nielsen. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is Ross Nielsen. This is the Therapy Hour podcast. I am not actually recording from my mother's basement for a change. Uh, I've grown up a little bit, and uh, I'm moving, uh, and currently literally moving. I am uh, jettisoning across the Canadian Shield on Highway 17, uh, approaching Wawa. Uh, Don't fret, I'm not driving. I have a chauffeur, also known as my girlfriend. Say hi. Hi. And uh, we're making the trek to uh, Saskatchewan, moving to Saskatoon. And uh, as a result, I have had to improvise this month's um, podcast uh, because I have been moving and it's been fairly busy and I haven't had a chance to, uh, to compile an interview uh, with anyone. So what I've done, uh, the very first interview I, I did a year and change ago uh, was with uh, J.J. Gray. Uh, from JJ Gray and Mofro, that is what spawned this whole podcast idea, as well as my radio show Killer Tunes. Um, what happened was during uh, the Harvest Jazz and Blues Festival in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada, JJ was in town performing, and there's a great local station called 95.7 FM, The Wolf, and The Wolf uh, put together a series of interviews uh, that week live in front of a studio audience. Uh, and I was actually one of the people interviewed and after my interview I went to see uh, one of my favorite bands JJ Gray performed that night and while watching uh, JJ kill it I thought geez I wonder if they would let me interview JJ Gray so I contacted uh, uh, right there at the show ladies and gentlemen just whipped out my phone and contacted um, the the station Mr. Conrad uh, meet up there as well as uh, Carter McLaughlin, who who was helping facilitate the interviews with his company, uh, Vagrant Designs. Um, So they were crazy enough to say yes, and they let me uh, interview JJ. And I'll tell you, I was thrilled. Uh, I went home, stayed up all night doing research, uh, really wanted to, to get to the, the you know real depth of, uh, of JJ and what he does. Uh, he's, he's a real deep guy. You can tell, listen to his music, um, very sincere. So I wanted to uh, be there on that level with him. So I did a bunch of research, uh, went in the next morning, was super nervous. But uh, I think in the end, I uh, got an amazing interview with JJ. I felt good about it. He felt good about it. Uh, he played a couple of tunes acoustic. And it was just a, a feel-good hour, um, and we had a nice chat afterwards. A very, very kind, uh, true Southern gentleman, folks. Um, so, without further ado, uh, check out this interview. This was um, in September of last year, I believe, at Harvest and Jazz and Blues Festival, in the uh, studio of uh, the Wolf, ninety-five point seven FM, there in Fredericktown, New Brunswick. And uh, it's Ross Nielsen, yourself, that's me, not yourself, myself, talking with uh, J.J. Gray. My chauffeur is shaking her head at me right now uh, because apparently I'm being ridiculous. Would you like to say something, honey? Hmm? No, she's just shaking her head and rolling her eyeballs. Um, Anyway, without further ado, uh, my conversation with the one and only J.J. Gray. How are you feeling today, J.J.? I'm feeling good. Good, man. Glad you're here. Me too. Thanks. Uh, well, let's get right to it. Um, the new album, Old Glory, your seventh album, is that right? That's right. 
And we were talking a little bit before we went live here, uh, just kind of about stuff. And you've recorded all your albums in the same studio. Mm -hmm. Retrophonics. Yeah, and that's down in Florida? Yeah, and Crescent Beach is just, just below St. Augustine. So, I don't know, in my mind, it seems rare that an artist would hole up in the same studio for their whole career. I think a lot of artists ping-pong around at different places, maybe associated with different producers, but you've done mm -hmm. all of them with the same guy in the same place. Uh, any, uh, is it just because it's like home for you, or that's where you're comfy? Yeah, yeah, and I feel like um, like w what I want to do, it, it, I get, it gets closer every time, mm -hmm. and um, um, I'm not opposed to working with other people, but uh, I love what Dan does, and Dan knows the studio, and obviously Jim knows the studio, he owns it, Jim DeVito, and uh, you know, it, it, for me, it's a, it's a welcome break um, uh, to go lay on the beach for a month, you know, and just record for a couple of weeks, but <laughs> just lay on the beach and... In fact, it's hard to get me in the studio, actually, when yeah. I'm down there. So. Sounds taxing. Whew. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone surfing and recording the same day. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. A little chilly around here. Um, I read somewhere that you did a lot of the demo or a lot of the vocals at your home studio for this album. Is that? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually did all of them. Um, that that wasn't. Um, that was just because. Um, um, I still wasn't comfortable with uh, the t songs, you know. Um, a song happens, you know, I say, I write a song, a song happens for me, it just kind of happens, and then I do as much as I can to commit it to memory, and then I figure out how I want to arrange it, and then I get the band to play that, and then I seldom do it again until I sing the song or play the song until we hit the studio, and I've this record I wanted to spend more time, so we were in Europe and we got the opportunity at sound checks and uh, we would play the songs. But they didn't really have uh, that lived in feel from the singing side of things for me, like like it does a year later, a year after a record comes out, I'm like, oh, I wish I could re-record it now, you know. Yeah. But, and I didn't want to have that same feeling, so I spent the whole summer singing and failing and succeeding and failing and you know just kept messing around till um you know by myself where there's no no clock no no red light right. to worry about no, no money flying yeah, out no the money window. flying out the window just keep on till i get it right and yeah. thankfully jim and and dan has helped me put together a studio at home that i can do something like that and i can't record a whole band but i can I can kind of can. Some yeah. of the stuff has got band tracks on it. But. So you said you commit those to memory as best possible. Do you not uh, demo, like cap, try and capture your, a demo of the tune as you write it? or, or you I do. Um, no, it, usually I do stuff really bare bones on the pocket recorder or something, yeah. and then I go home. And in that studio I got, I do have drums, everything set up where I can just jump from instrument to instrument and just play a really bad version of it. And right. uh, but figure out what kind of lays together where, yeah, and yeah. then and then uh, you know call in the big guns to do to do a real version of it. Do you have any uh, uh, fear or any instance where you like? I know some artists uh, typically don't they demo like that in a real rough manner because when a song is born, oftentimes that inspiration and the creativity that's happening there is so genuine and so powerful if you nail that down and then later you go back to a studio and you're like, how that demo go and you listen to the demo it's like i'm never gonna beat that yeah is that a ever demoitis demoitis yeah, yeah I, <laughs> um it has happened um many times <laughs> but um 
like uh, Old Glory, the uh, yeah, the, the, the title track itself. Um, um, that is that's that is the demo vocal. That's the everything at once. That's you know I just I put down a, a loop, a drum loop. I played a drum pass and I put down like eight sixteen bars, and then I looped that, and then I did a bass, and then I quickly put down the, the piano, the don't oh, no, no, no part, and all that. And then I just grabbed them. I looped it out in in infinity, so to speak. And I just grabbed a microphone and sang everything. And then, so in the end, I just took the demo to the studio. We piped it through the drummer and the bass player's ears, and then they just replayed the drums yeah. and the bass right to my original vocal. And did you improv those vocals? Is yeah, that, that those yeah. lyrics are on everything the spot, made from, up from start to finish. Just the only thing is, is that's mind-blowing. The, 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 the album version is cut, edited a little bit, because it was a lot longer. There was a lot more right. singing, a lot more words, and well, cut it down a little It's good to have bit. too much. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, hard yeah. to make something longer when it's too short. I just got caught up in it, and just, you know, before yeah. I knew it, it was I'd done For our audience uh, who's in studio right now in, in Radioland, if you haven't heard the title track, it's Old Glory, and really there's no excuse for you not to have. Uh, you better go and get it and hear what I'm talking about. To have uh, that kind of creation moment where lyrics are spontaneously coming out of you and you keep them is probably pretty rare. Have you have you done that before, where the lyrics came on the spot and you kept mm -hmm. those lyrics and and that take? Uh, no, um, I've done it before where the lyrics came out like for this river, the sun is shining down, brighter days. Funnily enough, the songs that the fan, fans seem to love the most are all and Lock Lusa mm -hmm. are all songs that happened. Instantly, everything happened at once, and that was it. So, know. way down my many question list here is uh, a really kind of annoying question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, do you know where your songs come from? No. Um, um, I guess, you know, I don't know. I've got my own th theories of, of how the world works, but, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm sure they're just as wrong as anybody else's. <laughs> uh, um, but, um, you know, I don't know, it just feels like the information, all knowledge is everywhere all the time. And then when it comes, it just comes, man. And, and you just, um, we're all kind of antennas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we, we turn ourselves off and I'm as guilty as anybody of, of that. And then sometimes, you know, that you can't really turn yourself on. You just, uh, uh, I don't know, you just quit trying and things yeah. happen you know yeah, so it whether happen. it's playing basketball or surfing or anything you you quit trying and good things happen you know you don't try you just do yeah you don't you kind just be in that moment in that yeah, zone exactly the yeah. conduit i guess that's it and um everything that for a show for me for a song is tied to now right now yeah. nothing else i think uh one of my i re read a neil young bio a long time ago i think it was called shaky and he talked a lot in it about his producer constantly trying to encourage them to get closer what what they called quote unquote closer to the source and for me sometimes i see performers who seem like the second they're on stage they're in that zone it's effortless they're the conduit they're just there and it's mm -hmm. like a waterfall coming over them of this great energy and uh oftentimes i find your shows to be like that where it's such a love and it's good vibes and stuff and uh as a, a a kind of a performer who really commands a, a crowd i've seen you over the years and you've really became uh, become um, such a strong presence on stage. Is that something you learn from stage time? Is it something you 
uh, have consciously worked at? Have you seen people do things on stage where you're like, I gotta try that in my next show? Is it a combination of all these things? Probably being inspired by other people definitely helps. Um, when I started out, uh, I was, uh, you know, when I was young, real young, I was a crazy uh, front man dude, you know, uh, dressed crazy, did crazy stuff, and anything to get people's attention the, uh, the, uh, the old-fashioned way. And then when time came and I started playing guitar, Dan Proffer, the producer, kept producing, pushing me to play during the show. He's like, you got to play. I'm like, well, I can't really play and sing. I've never done it. So I had to go out and do that and then try to uh, limp my way through that. And now I feel like I've come full circle in the sense that um, it's like I had to break down and lose everything. Eventually, I, you know, I was on the road for so long and and uh, I got I had pneumonia for over a year and a half playing. I didn't realize that I was singing for forever with it and uh, just killing myself. And I lost it. And uh, and then when, after I lost it, I realized I didn't lose anything. I finally found it. And I really realized that um, why I go on stage and why I do this is uh, has nothing to do with music and it has nothing to do with. Um, impressing people or anything else because I, you know, I feel miserably at that many times too. It, it, it has to do with uh, uh, sharing an honest moment. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then when that happens, um, everything plays itself. Everything does itself. I don't have to do anything. And, um, and I, you know, I want a show to feel like a family reunion where instruments broke out and not a family reunion with drama actually <laughs> sorry a, a friendly a friend's reunion instead of a family a family reunion's got too much baggage a friend's reunion where everybody you know just there's just happened to be some musical instruments and let's just roll you know um i am um, and and for me it, it's it's trusting in that and 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 trusting in the moment that things will just it'll just do what it's going to do you know yeah I uh, I've seen the word fearless used a lot to describe your your performances, and uh, for me, it, it looks to me. I think a lot about uh, you know you talk about failing, pleasing people and stuff. I think a lot about relationships because I've failed at all of them. And uh, <laughs> but I've learned a lot in those failures. And what I, one thing I've learned uh, more recently, and I think about it a lot, and it doesn't just apply to uh, cohabitation relationships. And I think it applies to performance and that kind of stuff is the vulnerability and connectivity connectivity is what people crave whether they mm -hmm. know it or not that's what we all need to live happily and i think vulnerability allows that connectivity and when you're vulnerable uh well when you get hurt or you get put off you put that wall up to keep yourself protected but it also keeps everything out and uh, it stops that connectivity so when you're vulnerable that connectivity is happening and uh is that kind of what happened when you found that, that the it when you said you thought you lost it but found it is being able to be vulnerable all the time yeah I think that you know another word you could use too for the vulnerable and I agree 100% is um, or you just give up mm -hmm. you just give up just be you just give up and quit and quit trying to force right. what's happening into this tiny minuscule box this infinite infinity that's going on all the time around you and to try to force it into a box and say this is what it is and uh when you can let go of that it's a scary proposition so they they say i'm fearless but that's you know that's not how i feel all the time man yeah. I, um you know i could be on stage in front of ten thousand people and if i see one person leaving you know, it could it could make me start thinking, what's going on? What am I? We're we're not playing hard enough. We're not playing loud enough. You know, and and um, so I just um, 
you know, uh, I've heard somebody say uh, um, that um, there's just two things: there's love and there's fear, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there's really only one there's just love and fear right. is just this thing you make up in your mind right. and um the re- other the other thing's real and that's what's going on around us all the time so i just jump in with both feet by if something like that happens i just feel my hand on the microphone or the strings of a guitar what's going on at that moment i i get lost in everything else i try to hear all the things that's going on at once people in the audience the band everything and or, and see it all at once mm-hmm. you know just open my vision up till I don't see anything I see everything and then when I do that I get lost in it and and then I wake up and the show's done yeah <laughs> and I think uh, I mean I can't speak for everybody who goes to a show but for me when I go to a show and I get that feeling that's that's as an audience member that's how I feel too it's not you know I'm a, I'm a guitar nerd so I start out looking at the guitar but then in a, in a band like yours I can't help it I even look at the bass player like the bass player's amazing <laughs> I'm just kidding. Smalley is one of my favorites. Yeah, he's but great. I, you know, you, you take it, try it, like you said, take it all in and, and kind of let it wash over you and be that kind of connected spot, you know. Yeah. Um, on that note, do you feel up to playing a tune? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay, I'm going to get out of your space. behind you run run away but you got to turn and fight live another day whisper in the salt grass murmur in the pine lift your hands up and away lift them off your eyes oh yeah playing hide and seek put my eyes wide open says you're right another says you're wrong well who speaks and who listens the weak or the strong can you feel the fear deep within your mind cause there's no loss or gain in soul nothing real can never die or feel it playing hide and see my eyes are wide open
about a PJ. I can hear him say That the truth it must be lived To wake up from the dream Of my nest, baby My eyes are wide open Thank y'all. All right, we're back here. Uh, it's my it's my interview uh, debut here. Poor JJ. No, no one told him that uh, he was going to be interviewed by another musician. <laughs> um, I guess before that was an amazing song, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for playing. And uh, <clears throat> I guess before we we took that little break, um, we were talking about uh, songwriting and where songs come from and and that kind of stuff. And um, uh, I wonder what your thought is on how important it is to uh, divulge uh, too little, too much information about a song. Obviously, even as a music fan, um, you know you hear a tune and, and you become connected to that song. That's your song. Oh my God, he's playing my song, and you think, oh, that's about. I know what that's about, man. And then you go see an artist live, and they actually lay it on the line what the song's about, and. Uh, it's like, oh, that's not about me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's not even about the thing I thought it was about, you know? Is it, do you think it's uh, important to leave uh, a little hole there for people to, to make their own, own judgment on it? Make it yeah, their own thing? yeah, I think once the song goes out there, it belongs to each individual, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, some, it, it, and it's bad enough if an artist um, tells you exactly what it's about to the letter and you're like, oh my gosh, that's nowhere near where I thought. But, it's even worse if you misinterpret the lyrics completely, you know, like men at work doing it's a mistake. And I thought it was it's summer's day. And I'm thinking, this is summer song. Yeah, man. And you got this Party vision. Time. And I found out, no, it's a mistake. Not it's summer's day. It's yeah. summer's day. I was like, oh, gosh. So and that's 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 all on me. You know, I like yeah. I don't want to um, uh, mess too much with uh, with each each person's uh, idea of what a song's about, unless the song's kind of really super specific you know then yeah. i might give somebody a little background on it but um but I leave a hole in the story somewhere for yeah, them yeah, to yeah 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 i, I learned feel connected to it and i learned that with writing a song kind of i um the, the song uh there's a song called uh actually it's the bonus track on this and it's on um blackwater uh santa claus true love and freedom mm -hmm. the original version was way too long too many i just told every aspect of the story you know to the point where it's like after school special what i'd call after school specials like come on man you know lighten up you know let give people the give them the benefit of the doubt you don't have to tell them the tide was high and the moon was full and it was 6 55 p.m and this you know just 
let people find their way through the story themselves and 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 interpret their own way and and uh, right. so it can it can work both ways in the song itself or talking about the song yeah i'm fascinated lately with uh i mean i'm always fascinated about lyrics and always want to learn how to figure out how to uh be better at writing lyrics and uh so lately I listen to, um, or read actually, uh, people like yourself and artists like Jason Isbell, who are a great songwriter, and I'm fascinated by the words they leave out but still manage to tell a story in line with just a couple of words here and there. And, uh, that's a real art form and I find uh, a lot of your tunes convey a, an image or a storyline without going into that after school special detail you know most of those tunes you're talking about just write themselves though yeah. anytime i've gotten clever mm -hmm. it's always been yeah yeah or sit down just like one of them things do just, you find uh like some of your writing come as you say they write themselves and other ones you have to sit down and work at i've done that and um and it's been okay i i, I tend to notice over a period of time that the songs that i really worked on and and really done blah 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 there's songs that don't make it over the long haul for me live and with the audiences they just don't i just don't and i don't do songs off like audience response i do songs off what i feel like moves me if it moves me then it and then it'll you know hopefully move everybody because yeah. then i'm uh, you know people feel like it's genuine yeah and in some songs, it just feels like, oh, man, I was just trying too hard that day. Usually, though, a lot of that stuff, uh, fortunately, gets axed before it gets on the record. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm just not feeling it. So, But there's been one or two that slipped through that I'm like, I'd like another crack at that, you know, and just, uh, like, play the chords and just have the lyric idea that I had and let it happen again rather yeah. than trying to be really, really poetically clever because right. it's not been a good thing for me you uh <laughs> sometimes let stuff lie and then come back to it and see if there's oh, some yeah. fresh inspiration yeah mm, instead of pounding it out yeah definitely yeah. definitely uh i want to talk a little bit about a concept that kind of floats around my brain a lot uh, about reality um if i may get this bizarre mm -hmm. at this time of day Bring it. but uh for me and what i kind of when i look around the world and, and things that i've noticed there seems to be like a in my experience of playing, well, just living, it doesn't have to be about, about playing. I think it's probably something that anyone can relate to. But uh, specifically playing music and uh, living in a community and stuff, um, the perceived and actual reality of what really happens in, in, a, in a life. For example, you see a restaurant you go to in your neighborhood a couple times a week and it's always busy. And you think, man, these guys are banging the money out. They're getting rich, <laughs> making a, you know, a million bucks this year. But... People don't realize that the actual reality, of course, that would be the perceived reality. The actual reality is that their expenses are yes. extravagant, and you know the guy's making twenty grand like everybody yeah. else. So throughout, um, I mean, your career has been lengthy. You've you were not an overnight sensation, right? <laughs> You've yes. been working your butt off for a long time. So your have you is that is that something you can relate to? People coming up to you and thinking you're doing so well at some point in your career was that like? Man, if they knew, it would like shatter shatter their <laughs> yeah. minds. Yeah, and it's best not to uh, yeah. <laughs> to go into that. You know, it's like let 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 people. You know, is there use? Is it still like that? Uh, is there yeah, have, yeah. has your has the perceived and actual balanced out? Well, somewhat? People, I'll give you a classic example. It's not so much money on the money side of it, but it is in the same sort of world, and that is uh, a tour bus. It's a big deal yeah. to people sometimes, especially younger bands, and it's like. 
it's just it, yeah it's a tour bus it's a money pit. but once you pile 12 people in it for uh four days mm-hmm. it's a, just a giant dirty rv yeah you know, it's just it's, yeah it's not it's nothing there's nothing fun or glamorous yeah. about it and and it's the same way you know it's with anything a business it's like the people that own a business know that, you know like mm-hmm. it's fun to talk about what people gross like a business gross 1.3 million well it costs 1.2 and a half million to make it happen that year you know and it's like yeah. it's so it, it it's you know and that, that's just that's just the way everything works because they're really in my opinion there's no such thing as reality there's only perception and everybody's got one that's different from every other human being around them and so what you perceive and what's real they're vastly different yeah and always vastly often the case and i guess on in that that aspect on the same topic if we weren't talking about money per se um you know we talked a little bit about this off air but uh at shows um you know when you feel maybe you come off the stage feeling like it wasn't the best night for you I, I, for me that happens that probably doesn't happen for you and your band but it does <laughs> but uh but people still come up to you and uh maybe it's the first time they saw you or maybe it's the third or fourth or 300th time they saw you and it's like jj that was the best show man that hit me so hard and in your mind you're thinking what show were you at tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but how do you do you just not to burst their bubble and let them have that moment oh yeah for sure they don't, you know, they don't want to take that away the, the point is is um, they may be closer to the truth than you right and uh, I'm thinking last night you know it's two nights off it's always just tough on me man I don't like to take time off you know I, I don't want to take a two days off I want to keep singing keep, keep it, it warm and keep it moving and so last night you know I, my voice broke up a couple of times and uh and um you know i could be sitting there thinking about it, the same thing oh man it sounded great i'm like well she didn't hear those two and they're like well he might have went to the beer tent you know when that happened yeah but the whole point is is that um uh, other people don't notice all the little crazy because um, we we've got booby traps mm-hmm. you know doing what you do singing you're singing on stage and same as me and we we booby trap ourselves the audience doesn't have any of those booby traps they just they just came to hear they don't um Thankfully, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there might be one or two, you know, guitar, vocal, singing, ner- music nerds that are like, oh, my gosh, you didn't do it like we were talking about yeah, exactly yeah. like you did it on the record. But for the most part, most people come to just, like I said, to get to to share an honest moment. And uh, sometimes a mistake, you know, I've, I've blown it. Sometimes my voice is like, "Woo, that was bad. And just laughed at myself and then realized the audience laughed too. Like, yeah, it's funny, man. Yeah, in, <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> you clam. That was a major clam. And like, cool, you know. I think maybe uh, <laughs> part of the luxury of being so honest on stage all the time is that you're, I mean, you've built a, a loyal following of, of, uh, of people who just love your music. And I think uh, in that situation, they see that it's real and that you're, you're up there doing it anyway and pushing through it. And, the, and they probably enjoy that more than would ever think about oh man jj didn't hit that note or something like that so. well thankfully most of the people i feel like that come to our shows they're not be, they're not in an analytical mood they don't yeah. have their calculators <laughs> out and then working on oh my gosh you know that you know they're like i just you know well yeah relax and have a beer and, and, and kiss yeah. a girl exactly <laughs> there you go yeah um i guess uh, anyone who um has seen the uh, Netflix series House of Cards. Uh, if you're a JJ fan, 
you probably would have noticed in the season finale right out of the gate, um, one of JJ's tunes playing is that the sun is shining down, mm-hmm. it's the tune, uh, which was amazing um, to go through the series and then hear something that's uh, connected to my life in other ways. Um, how important business-wise, how does that affect you when you get a placement like that in a, in a show that's viewed to that extent? Well, do, you, I, do, you notice, do you notice a significant thing it shows or is it just um, a thing that happens? It's for me, you know. I, I I think I notice it. Yeah, yeah. Every everything helps. Yeah. Um, for me, m- m- most importantly was um, um, the 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 guy who does uh, that show House of Cards. That was one of the best usages I've I've seen of any of the tunes that I've done. That when people have used it, and 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 thankfully everybody that's used stuff so far has been has been really really great. And um, I wasn't familiar with the show only because I didn't have internet at the house because it was, you know, I live way out in the middle of nowhere. Now I've got uh, cable internet, and so we we dance around the house, you know, how we can watch anything and listen to anything like the rest of the world now. (laughs) But um, at the time, I I didn't, you know, I couldn't watch Netflix because it just, the internet was based on usage. So so I didn't get to see any of that kind of stuff. And then I finally saw that when it when it came out and I was like floored by it and um um you know I, I um it's all about connecting all those things and I I, tr- I really honestly I try not to think about any of it um I just um other than the fact I'm like man you know I like to sing that song again it had been a while I'd, this river is a similar you know one four five minor six all the music nerds <laughs> uh a combination there's something with those chords that 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 um i first heard it in a in, a, in the soundtrack of thin red line one of my favorite movies of all time and it just it just sticks with me and it just brings this thing out of me and and it winds up in songs so that's why you won't never hear this river and sun is shining down night. in the same set yeah. you know but um um it, it um and i i had played this river for years or for a while I hadn't played Sunshine Down a long time. And I, that's where it, the change I noticed. I flipped back to that one for a little while just to play it. But, uh, but those are two songs that completely wrote themselves. Yeah. Know? Same with King Hummingbird. You just got to pick up the pen. Yeah. Yeah. They just write themselves. Like lightning, that's a good thing that happens. Um, do you know, like, does the business end of music distract you from from the artist's end? And do you, are you... Uh, I mean, you're probably at a point now where you have a pretty big team, I would assume, behind you helping with mm-hmm. the business end. So are you able to let them do that and just focus on playing and yes. not let that distract you? Yeah, I'm, I got great people that um, I work with and, and work with me and band, the guys on making the show happen every night off the stage and then everybody else, you know, and um, I don't... Um, uh, when I think about it, it, you know, they have nothing to do with each other um, in terms of, um, you know, I, I don't want the, the tail to try to wag the dog, so to speak, right. and meaning that, um, you know, like you're going to try to write tunes now that right. fit a, you become a caricature of yourself. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I've never had like a giant hit thing where suddenly you're being asked to reproduce what right. you've already done and I've never had that so and I know people that have and I um I, I, I feel their pain or the pressure of of you know 
you're trying to uh, fix everything for everybody mm -hmm. by doing it again. You know, pan, yeah. you're going to pan for gold and you're going to strike it again instead of just, hey, man, just do what you do, you know, yeah. and um, let the chips fall where they may. Everybody's going to make be fine, you know. So I've always kept them separate, but, uh, fortu you know, fortunately or unfortunately, mm -hmm. like I said, however you want to look at it, but I look at it fortunately. Fortunately for me, I've never been confronted with that kind of situation. I've never had a label tell me what to do, how to write, what or nothing. It's uh, I've been very fortunate. I've heard horror stories from friends that have been on big labels and different things, and I've had friends on big labels and everything was cool too. So, mm -hmm. but I've heard the stories of every little thing you do is monitored and and know you got to do this and know you got to do that and could you add these kind of lyrics instead? And I've never had any of that kind of stuff. It's just like, hey, when you're done, send us the master. We put it out and and. Yeah, that's you a lot. See out there on the road, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. So. Leave you to do your thing. Yeah, that's a good position to be in. Um, back to Old Glory for a second. I, we were talking earlier about uh, Warhorse and and this river, um, and their sonic kind of uh, similarities and mm -hmm. relationship. And when the first time I listened to Old Glory, um, I just felt like it was a little bit different. I mean, it's still the same band. It's obviously same soulful vocals, and that's. JJ Mofro, but sonically it struck me, um, just sounded a little different to me than those previous two albums. Is that, was that a conscious thing? Is that something that I'm imagining or do you feel like that album has grown in a separate way? I think it, I think the difference for me is that people were more familiar, the band was more familiar. I just spring tunes on the band at the last minute, you know, and um, I felt like um, the band was way more familiar with the material by the time we got there. But they were very similar, and I remember you saying it felt like um, that the, the two albums between uh, Georgia Warhorse and This River could mm -hmm. have been a, a double album. And in some ways, you could almost do an Old Glory, like the song, like, um, um, uh, gosh, I can't remember my own songs now. Uh, <laughs> one of the tracks uh, um, has been around a long time, actually, uh, Turn Loose, Mm -hmm. It, um, I've tried to record it on every album and it just didn't work, but it worked on this river. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have, when I got down to it, I'm like, I'm not satisfied with the lyrics. So I just waited. And then I re sang that tune. And we just used what we did on this river mm -hmm. is on this album. Oh, glory. Yeah. The turn loose version from this river is on this album, except I sang it. Yeah. So, you know. Here again, I haven't tried to change anything. I haven't tried to make it different. I haven't tried to make it the same. It's just, what I happens? get songs together, I go into the studio, and it's funny people, some people like, sounds too much like the old album. And other people, it sounds nothing like the old album. You know, or, and and everybody is like arguing about colors. Who's yeah, What's yeah. your favorite color? No, blue's better than red, you know. Yeah. It's like, like, so I, I look at it like, um, you know, um, for me, I just keep, I get out in the woods and I chase the rabbit, man. And mm -hmm. if I catch him, I catch him. And if I don't, I have fun trying to. So. Yeah, chase him again tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's probably the luxury and the curse of having a rabid, diehard fan base. That <laughs> they take ownership of that band. And, you know, I mean, everyone's probably said, uh, yeah, I love that band. But, man, their first album, way back when, that's when I liked them best. Or, or I like their new stuff. And they're very, uh, do you find your fans are very... Um, uh, open to let you do your thing. Oh, I think so. But you know what? Any of 
anybody in doing that would be guilty of i've been guilty of you know yeah. um I, I was explaining it to a friend of mine that um, i went to a buddy guy concert and he on the sweet tea album i had never been to see buddy guy before that was floored blown away bragged about it for 12 months he came back to jacksonville i had all my friends ready to go down there and then i came out there and he only played one or two songs off uh, sweet tea and i felt like a let down and um i look over there to start making excuses why well it was better last time and i can see on their faces like they feel like it's the best concert i've ever been to in my life yes yeah, buddy guy <laughs> and i'm like well you know he didn't play it's like i don't know sweet taste i don't care dude this is the great i'm like you know what it is is like i came in here expecting this totally and and it's my expectation that's ruining it <laughs> instead yeah. of allowing me to actually enjoy it so i cannot fault anybody for saying you know associating the first time they heard something and they like that more mm -hmm. um because i can do the same thing and i still do the same thing uh, I'm, i might still appreciate sweet tea more than his, one of his newer albums um, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate the newer album too, yeah, you yeah. know. So, and I love it. And it, that's more or less because it's that indelible print that you get printed with the first time you see it. Right. You know, I got no beef with that because if I did, I'd have to have a major beef with myself. I do it all the time. So. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's probably a a pretty human thing. Um, we're nearing the end of our uh, hour. Do you think we can uh, pull another tune out of you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. All right, man. <laughs> So many things you've seen So many stories long forgotten So many deeds between Shouting out across the bottom Beneath the ghostly twilight A bosom filled with shining stars The secrets sing down through the ages As bright as lightning bugs and jars All beneath the canopy Of ageless souls Secrets keep Forever in a beauty Silent is my By natives who were never found The only hints left of their passing An ancient 
ocean shells that ghost the ground. They tell a story Of all the slaves Who graced the shores Of cotton fields So long plowed under A jungle now Upon a store Thank y'all. Mr. J.J. Gray, everybody. All right. We're, uh, we're at the end of our hour, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming up and spending time uh, uh, in Fredericton in general. This is the fourth time you've been back to the festival, and we appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. Best interview I've ever done in my life. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of conversation I live for right there. Connection, uh, going deep uh, below the surface to find out what is really making people tick. What is getting them going? Why do they do what they do? Uh, I loved that, uh, that JJ took the time out to do that and even play a couple tunes when I know he was uh, hurting uh, from performing. Um, and, uh, it, uh, you know, again, thanks to The Wolf for allowing me to do that. It really did kick off a new sort of uh, uh, hobby, I guess we'll call it, of mine, and the, of the podcasting and whatnot. And uh, we're going to try and keep continuing to do this uh, from, instead of my mom's basement, from my girlfriend's basement in Saskatoon. Would that be all right, honey? Yes. Sweet. We have uh, girlfriend approval. Did you like the interview? It was great. Awesome. Double girlfriend approval. You can't ask for more than that in one day. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Ross Nielsen Therapy Hour. I hope you took something away from the conversation uh, that I had with JJ. I know uh, I did. I think about uh, the points he made 
often in uh, when I'm working on my music and in, in life in general. Uh, it's a, a good conversation when it applies to life in general, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we will see you next month, uh, the same time, the same, almost the same place. I guess I won't be driving over Highway 17 through the rocks and trees and the rocks and trees of Ontario. Um, but I do suspect that I will be recording in the basement of a lovely little abode that we're making in Saskatoon for ourselves. So we'll see you uh, next month. Stay good, uh, take care of each other, and uh, scratch the surface, look a little deeper if you can. 